Alright, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Save the Track Bike, presented by Hexagon Cycles. That's hexagoncycles.com. I'm your host, Josh, and on today's episode, I have Mehdi Farsi. He's one of the co-founders of State Bicycles, which I'm sure you all know from the State Bicycle team with Addison Zwada, Josh Tyrell, Scott Piercefield, who have all been on the show, to The Undefeated 2, to Riding Fixed Up Mountains with Pros. They're out there. They're supporting the culture. They're sponsoring races. They have their team doing cool stuff. So it was really rad to sit down and have this conversation. Um, So yeah, it's a good one. So let's just jump into it. Hi, uh, my name is Mehdi Farsi, and I'm uh, the co-founder of State Bicycle Company. Tell us how you got into cycling. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. So, I mean, I, I guess I grew up riding bikes the same way that I would imagine most kids do. You get a bike and you ride it around the neighborhood. And, um, yeah, you go about with your friends playing and just kind of use bikes like that as a kid. Um, growing up, uh, myself and my brother, um, who's also one of the other co-founders along with our friend Eric, um, well, myself and my brother, our, our dad is, was kind of a, uh, an avid cyclist. So, I mean, he wasn't someone who was like a cat one competing every weekend, but it is something that, you know, on the regular, he would be out with his friends enjoying bikes um, on the weekends. And so we were kind of exposed to, I guess, more cycling than the average person in that sense. And, you know, um, I can remember fondly spending summers uh, watching the Giro, watching the Tour de France on TV. And then uh, when Lance was out there doing his thing, we actually got to go to France a few years in a row and, and watch him at the tour. So um, growing up, uh, myself and my brother, we were collecting, you know, cycling trading cards along with basketball and baseball and football cards. So we, we grew up as fans of the sports, um, but not necessarily riders individually. Um, I myself was heavily involved in sport taekwondo olympic taekwondo and that took up the vast majority of my time my brother was into all kinds of other athletics so um we were cycling fans before i guess we were riders ourselves yeah that's really awesome that's kind of uh, a different kind of history than i hear from a lot of people so i think that's really interesting that um i feel like a lot of like fixed gear people you know come from like skateboarding or bmx and sure and stuff like that so how did that kind of like turn into you being interested in starting a bike company that focused on fixed gear yeah so um like i said we had a lot of exposure to cycling and it was something that was kind of uh around in our lives um from an early age, eight, nine, ten years old. Um, however, I never really like saw. You know, speaking personally, I never uh, 
has like a personal connection or a personal uh, lore to me actually doing it. Like the thought of riding 50 miles at the time when I was 18 or 19 years old, like seemed basically impossible. <laughs> um, something that registered as maybe a little bit boring to me um, because the people that I knew doing it were kind of like your stereotypical cyclist, um, <laughs> you know, getting up way too early here in Arizona. It's so hot. So you got to get up at like 5 a.m. to go ride, wear the spandex, getting all the gear. And it's just like, I just couldn't relate to that. Um, especially when you're, you know, a teenager or in college and, uh, you got a lot of other stuff going on. It, it was just something that didn't register with me, but, um, maybe 2000, Seven-ish, I started seeing fixed-gear bikes uh, around and also online. So this is kind of the early days of social media. And a lot of my friends who um, got into bikes by various different means, um, they started posting these, these fixed-gear bikes. And I was, like, instantly drawn to the clean aesthetic of it um, and just kind of the whole attitude around it. You know, it was something I could relate to. I was like, yeah, like I get this. Like you can go wear your street clothes. These guys riding these bikes looked a lot like me. Um, were running the same circles as I did. So that's what initially um, kind of piqued my interest, just kind of the clean lines and just like, oh, this is like cycling for people like me yeah for sure i'm i have exactly the same story almost on the same timeline too just like seeing the bikes my friends started riding them and then just being like you know again just like you said like i grew up racing bmx but like the idea of riding in spandex for like 100 miles or something just seemed insane but uh yeah and i i do remember right around the time when state started um, cause that was right around the time I was getting into fixed gear bikes too. Uh, cool. so yeah. T- so tell me how that all became a thing. Like what made you guys start a company? Yeah. So, um, myself, uh, again, myself, my brother Reza and our, and our buddy Eric, um, we were all working together. I, I had started a company importing, um, kind of like mid-century type of furniture when I was in college. And then uh, 2007, after I graduated, I decided that's what I was going to do full-time. So we were doing that. Um, and, and like I said, those bikes were kind of getting big. Um, and I wanted one for myself. Uh, I wanted a fixed gear bike. And at the time, the options were like pretty limited in terms of like locally, I wasn't able to like put one together. Um, looking around online, you know, you could buy a track frame from one place. You'd have to buy the crank from somewhere else, (laughs) wheels from somewhere else. (laughs) And pretty quickly start like adding everything up and you're in maybe $1,500, $1,200, something around that. And it's like, I don't know if this stuff is all going to like mesh well together. I was pretty new to it. I don't know, um, what this is going to be like. And plus this is like a lot of money. Um, for something that I, you know, I, I'm just trying to get into it and, and I don't know if I'm going to like it on the flip side, there were maybe one or two options, 
uh, that were, you know, ready to go around $500 off the shelf. But it wasn't something that, like, I necessarily, these weren't the bike, they didn't look like the bikes that I had seen in the pictures and that I wanted to ride. They weren't things that I wanted to necessarily ride. The, the quality um, in doing research wasn't great. The reputation wasn't great. And, you know, for better or worse, like the fixed gear scene at that time was a little bit like, it was kind of pretentious. So like mm -hmm. you would be almost like embarrassed or, or kind of like not taken seriously if you showed up to a group ride, especially as a newcomer riding the wrong thing. So, um, I knew I didn't want to go that route. So, uh, you know, I did research and through a couple of my connections overseas, we brought in a bike and the first one we got wasn't great. I, to be honest with you, uh, I got it, didn't think much of it. I think I threw it on eBay and sold it for like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, <laughs> got rid of it. Um, and then maybe six to eight months later, uh, Reza and Eric, uh, approached me about it and they were like hey what happened to that bike like we're, we're starting to see a lot of these fixed gear bikes around they're really cool um i think we you know we should we should like take another look at that and and they those two were the guys who really um kind of championed like the fact that there's like a big opportunity there um and and so you know the three of us talked about it and we're like well if we're gonna do this we need to like do it right. So that's when we really started doing our homework and really putting together what was initially our first run of state bicycles, which was, you know, sourced piece by piece um, and everything. And, and I think that's what differentiated us from the get go. Like it was something that was well thought out, well curated parts and didn't cost a ton. Um, and I think was pretty instrumental to our early success how did that like progress from that first run of what you did to kind of where you're at now? I mean, I know that's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, that's a big jump. Um, I mean, like we got that first batch in and we, I mean, I think we had a company name at that point. I didn't know that we had a, we didn't have a website because we didn't have like proper photos and everything with the bike. So we got the bikes in. So now we got these bikes, we got to do something with it. So we were selling them anywhere we could, like eBay, Craigslist, <laughs> friends and family, easy fix forum, whatever local forums. And, um, I mean, we were, we were right with our, our gamble. Like the demand was there for something that like looked cool and was good quality, but didn't cost a fortune. And so luckily we were, able to like move those bikes relatively quickly and um you know we built up a site and and reordered and and you know we kept just growing it that way we started off with seven colors and three sizes and it was what is now our 4130 core line um so we're selling at 429 dollars so our prices really haven't changed even since day one although i would say without a doubt the bike that you buy now in our 4130 line is a lot better than our first run without a doubt um yeah we, yeah that uh, comes with experience and time just you know 
of course yeah i mean we've we've done a lot of things to the bikes like and as you scale um you work with suppliers you can drive your costs down right we're ordering a lot more bikes now than what we initially did but rather than take that money and put it in our pocket or reduce msrp um what we've chosen to do is just gradually increase the quality of the bike each year or every six months or every 18 months so our initial batch you know it wasn't a double butted frame it wasn't a sealed hub um now we have the low pro wheels the bikes now are probably four to five pounds lighter than that initial run and i think we've evolved a lot with a lot and we've uh come a long way aesthetically too so um yeah yeah i remember Overall, when you um, guys that's kind of how we've evolved yeah i remember when you guys like i first saw state bicycles and then all of a sudden you guys were like everywhere like i had, <laughs> we had this uh i used to own a little grocery store and right down the way there was uh indie ink this place that like used to sell your yeah yeah stuff. indie ink so funny how we yeah denver was kind of one of our like you know phoenix really helped us get off the ground um tempe and phoenix where we're from but um denver was kind of like one of our second spots and and i ha- i have a cousin there that's on uh on that street he he was at that time what was his ga- illiterate gallery? Now it's oh, yeah. called Gildar Gallery. Yeah, so that's I know that my, place. That's my cousin. Oh, my, nice. Well, that's my <laughs> wife's cousin. If I, one of my good friends from high school. So, yeah, he let us do kind of a little footprint inside that shop, and he was helping us. And then he linked us up with Brooks Pulford, who I don't know if you know him. But yeah, I know Brooks. Well, I know. He runs. Yeah, he I kind of know him. Ride <laughs> And then we like brought the loops right to Phoenix. So, um, yeah, kind of all of that. Uh, Denver was like, Denver was pretty critical, like in the early days for us. And it's still like a huge, um, huge spot for us. I think uh, one of our largest retailers, the Urban Cyclist, is out there. Yeah, and, I literally live um, next door yeah. to them. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that, uh, yeah, Aaron and them, they're, they're great. They, uh, they're one of our larger. Uh, retailers. When I had Addison on, we talked a little bit about the history of the bicycle team, but uh, I'm kind of interested yeah. to get the story from your perspective on on what your guys' thinking was behind that and and those first experiences, like having a team like racing on your bicycles. Yeah, I mean, it kind of came together like organically. Like there wasn't really at the time like too many like fixed gear sponsored teams it was it was more so like different like crews of people who got together and rode together like kind of informally like the Wolfpack hustle for example where there was like a couple different different crews out in la and um a local guy jesse uh robles he reached out and he you can actually like find his application we posted it on our website because it was really funny as kind of a flashback blog post i'll send you the link after this but (laughs) he sent us a ridiculous request to get sponsored i think he had sold his fixed gear bike because he bought a road bike and he was racing um but he sent us a picture of his quads and you know i want all these alley cats will you sponsor me and we're like is this guy trolling us (laughs) is this guy being serious and we met up with him and he's just like 
yeah, I, I'll like represent your bikes and, um, there's this race coming up called the Wolfpack Hustle and we should go do it. And he was describing it and it was like the marathon crash race. I was like, that's cool. And he's like, we should make a team. So he called up his buddy, Scott, who, you know, Scott Pierce sells. Yep. And Scott came and picked up a bike as well, like to borrow. And we linked up with another guy we knew, um, Craig, Craig Street, who was like the state champion at that time of road bikes. And those three were like our initial team. And this was back in 2011. Um, and we went out to that first marathon crash race and kind of no one knew who we, who we were. Um, we were riding just like stock state bicycle, um, state bicycle stuff. I think maybe the guy switched out the front wheel, um, with, with something that they had from their road bike and the stock gearing, stock everything. And they took one, two, and three at the Wolfpack Marathon Crash Race. There was like a thousand people there. And that was like, oh, wow, we're kind of like onto something. That was a big, um, big moment for us as a team. And it definitely turned a lot of heads. And I think that it helped kind of bring attention. We, we kind of helped fuel the Wolfpack race. The Wolfpack kind of helped fuel our brand as well. And, and, and the next year it kind of grew because the next year the whole mantra was, let's keep these dog tags in LA. And we went and we showed up with a bigger team the following year and people were cursing at us and people were booing us. And it was awesome. It was like we were the bad guys. <laughs> showing up to take these dog tags back to Arizona. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that was the start of it. And then, you know, we, we kept doing more and more traveling, uh, doing the, like the, the first Red Hook race we went to was Red Hook 5. There were, there were messengers there still racing that race. They were smoking cigarettes, like, before their <laughs> race. It was, it was crazy, like all of our guys top 20 like like you know craig and craig and uh scott i think were six and eighth that year and it was it was a lot different than what you see now but um it was starting to get competitive and it was starting road bike guys were starting to get in there but it wasn't full-blown the way it is now yeah it's like it's like a whole thing unto itself now like <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and kind of the philosophy we've always taken, I mean, like Jesse and Scott were like friends of mine. They kind of, I mean, in the early days helped me like navigate, like getting into fixed gear bikes, like which group rides to go to, like how to train, like what kind of gear to get, et cetera. And like, we kind of take that same approach with all of our riders in the sense that we create relationships with people and then we help um, we help these athletes get to their, their races and we help them accomplish their goals. We're not necessarily out hiring ringers or, um, you know, mercenaries to go compete and just chase a result. Like all of our riders now are people that we've known and we know they're solid people and we know that they kind of fit into what I call like the state bicycle family. And we're just, 
promoting that. Where and and these are people that happen to be very talented writers as well. But um, you know, we have some kind of a relationship with almost all of our writers. Even Addison, who isn't from Arizona, um, his backstory is he was out and we would. I, I think he even told you this. Like we'd be traveling at all these various events with him and. You know, he would end up, he was kind of a lone wolf a little bit. And he, he, would, he would kind of end up hanging out with our guys each time, each time, like hanging out at the hotel, you know, going out <laughs> on video shoots with us, et cetera. And he wasn't on a state or anything. And then, you know, eventually we kind of, uh, we, we came together for a partnership. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we approached the team. Um, I was initially kind of the team manager. Uh, and then like the last two years, Addison's kind of taken over because, um, I don't get to go out to as many events as I used to. That's just kind of how it is. So, um, he's able to go out and kind of be the eyes and ears and report back and, you know, let me know from a writer's perspective how things went. So we work closely together on the team. So we talked about the team. We talked about how you guys got started. And then I wanted to get into what some of the highlights over the years have been for you in state bicycles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Goodness. Um, <laughs> I like yeah, to ask so, really big, I mean, vague questions. Cause then what comes to your yeah, mind yeah. is like, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, I mean, like, like fortunately, uh, we've we've been around for some time we're like next year's our 10 year anniversary and we'll we'll do a whole bunch of like really retrospective uh pieces and and kind of look back on the last 10 years because there has been so many great highlights um for us like or and even for me on a personal level um like company-wide um i mean just kind of riffing uh you know, again, like winning that first Wolfpack race was like, was pretty awesome. Like just being out there and seeing the atmosphere of that marathon crash at the time. And then the subsequent years afterwards, um, was insane. Like those were some of the greatest times, um, you know, from a more kind of like product centric, uh, company, um, perspective, uh, in two, when was that? In 2000, now I can't even think of when we did that. It must have been 2013. 2013, we did uh, a run of um, collab bikes with the Wu-Tang Clan for their 20th anniversary. Yep, I remember that. And that was like, <laughs> that was like pretty mind-blowing because, I mean, I grew up in like middle school, like in high school and maybe even elementary school listening to Wu-Tang Clan. Like these were people that were like kind of legendary status. So working with that group was pretty surreal. Um, going uh, and, and, and doing the, the, the Simpsons collab was also a huge um yeah and that seems really successful too it's going well it's going well we're we're getting ready to wrap it up after about one year so it was a a year duration 
Um, but again, like being a kid and like how um, pervasive the Simpsons was, like as, as a kid that grew up like in the 90s, like it was everywhere, like globally iconic. I think if you show people in the middle of Asia or Africa or South America, a picture of Bart Simpson, they could probably identify who it is. Um, regardless of age and then like seeing a brand that we created here side by side is is a is an honor and um you know a reminder that of how far we have come as a company um so those in terms of collaborations were big um on a personal level i um my duties at state bicycle is a lot of the product creation um, and a lot of the digital content. So I get to go along on all the cool video shoots and stuff. Um, that's that's usually kind of my my realm. So sweet that um, that we'll ties into my next question. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not really yeah, a question, but just but just uh, the writing fixed up mountains with pros, I think is yeah. one of the raddest projects that, I don't know. I just really get stoked every time a Thank new episode so comes out. So yeah. Thank how did, so how did that all happen? Um, so initially maybe like three years ago, maybe more even Strava put out this, this blog called the most epic segments something like that i'm maybe paraphrasing but it was like all of these like top top you know tour de france stages and everything and i'm like looking through and in the united states there was seven of them so there's mount lemon there was mount baldy uh there was two in colorado there's whiteface in new york uh, there's one in North Carolina, and there was the, the last one was in Maui, not Haleakana, uh, the volcano climb. And so there was like seven of them, and I'm like, we, th- that were were deemed epic segments. So they're all HC climbs, and they're all like, if you have a cycling bucket list, go do these. So I was like, we need to like go do these fixed. We need to go do these fixed, and um. So we went and we took a few of the state riders and we did lemon kind of as a test line and we went and wrote it and we came back and our video guy Saxon and I worked on it and we were watching it and we're like, this is good. Like you get to know the state riders a little bit, but it needs like, it just needs something more like something. I don't know. It was just missing something. It wasn't like compelling. Like it was cool. It was like cool for us because we did it, but it was like missing something. And then I don't know how the idea came. I mean, it, I'm I'll take credit for it. I guess um, <laughs> I don't know how I came up with it. I was like, we should we should get pros on these track bikes because I mean they can breeze up these they can breeze up these mountains like no problem. Like they have the KOMs on a lot of these segments like. But let's get them on a fixed gear bike and let's talk to these guys and, and get to know them because I mean we're familiar with their results. We we know they're we're familiar with race numbers and, and podium spots, but like how well do you get to know a lot of these riders? Like 
anytime you see any content piece, like, like, I mean, there's a few exceptions, but nine times out of 10, it's like, Hey, how did you feel today? Yeah. That looked like pretty hard. Like, you know, uh, you know, what was your secret today? You really had like strong legs, like your attack was good. And it, like, it's like so tactical and so like formulaic and it's, it's, you know, like someone putting a microphone in their face, like after they just got done writing like five hours at a stage. And yeah. it was, like, it's very hard for like personality to come through. And then like, also like, if you sit these guys and, and girls, you sit these people down in a chair and point a camera in their face, they will freeze up. You like, don't get the true, you don't get the true personality that way, but like, Put, put two riders on a bike and they will be having a conversation all day long and like it will flow and it will be organic and it will be um, something you'll, you'll get information out that you know is stream consciousness and, and that's like authentic and real um, some of my favorite times like in my life are just like going out with either my dad or my friends and we're just riding and you're talking and like you like finish your ride and you're like oh I just rode like three hours and it felt like 30 minutes because we were having like a really good conversation so that's kind of what we tried to capture and I think we initially intended it as a way to kind of get to know the state riders and I think that still comes through but you get to kind of meet these people that you've heard about and don't really know too much about. So um, I'm glad people like them. I have a lot of fun help make them. I have a lot of fun planning them. And I think it also kind of is a little bit personality driven in the sense that what we talked about, my initial introduction to cycling was from sport road cycling being a cycling fan so i think that's kind of unique about state bicycles because most of these other brands and other companies weren't necessarily coming from that same perspective so i have perspective in the fixed gear world i have perspective in the road cycling world and it's kind of just bringing those two realms together nice can you give us any hints of what's coming up with that series <laughs> yeah uh sure um see episode Gosh, what do we want? Episode five is shot and done. That was the one I didn't get to go on. So I've been on every single one. So I'm a little bit in the dark about how that one was going to turn out. Um, my wife was uh, due any day with our, our first child. So I couldn't make that shoot. But we uh, interviewed Corin Rivera. So one of the top, top American female and, and top female cyclists in the world. Oh, that's so amazing. really interested in that one. Um, so that one's shot and done. It just needs to be uh, released pretty soon. And then we're kind of, we're going to, I think, call that season one, put together uh, a little bit of a highlight tape from the first several episodes and, and get that up to kind of recap all of them. And we cut so much stuff. That's like the most frustrating thing about it. It's like we need to make these like concise so people will actually sit through them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we end up chopping so much good stuff, like so much good stuff. So we're going to throw that all into an episode and get that up. And then we got a lot of conversations um, from season for season two. Um, 
I mean, the great thing is, like, when I'm pitching cyclists now, a lot of them have already seen episodes, or they have peers or friends that have have done episodes. So it's a lot. It makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. Those yeah, initial ones, cu- like Travis, we knew kind of knew Travis, so he like threw us a bone and did it. But like the initial few were. Uh, you know, I really appreciate the people kind of like rolling the dice and being like, yeah, I'll like dedicate an entire day with these guys doing this. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I was curious yeah, about um, that response because uh, just doing this podcast and, you know, getting somebody on the phone for an hour, it just seems like <laughs> sometimes it's so difficult. And then you guys get these dudes to go out and ride a fixed gear bike up a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, fortunately, uh, even like, you know, some of the best cyclists in the world, like Corin, like at the end of the day, they like love riding their bike. So if we, they can, if they get an, an excuse to go do an awesome ride, um, and, and something that they haven't done before, because, you know, as you, as you progress through cycling, it's, it seems like the novelty becomes rarer and rarer, right? So we're presenting kind of a novel experience, um, I think that's intriguing and 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 they get to chalk up a day in the saddle as work and it's i think it's like a win-win yeah i think one of the coolest things was phil guyman just you rarely ever see phil guyman descending anymore <laughs> so seeing him descending so fast with scott down that on a track bike was amazing <laughs> phil was great i mean all of them were so good like so Travis, we kind of like, we approached that in like, we were like totally in the dark. Like we didn't know the format. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a few of the episodes. So you see how we do like the title card to introduce each question and everything. Like we didn't have any of that stuff in mind. We just kind of shot it and then put it together. And now as we go through, we have a little bit of a template and a format. So we have some loose framework. Um, but every every cyclist and every ride is different, and all of our riders are different. So um, every episode, I think, has been like very unique, and we we want to make sure that these don't get stale. We want to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're asking new questions, you're seeing new stuff, um, because I could see where after time it would it would become maybe a little bit formulaic, and we we want to definitely avoid that so that being said for the next season we're actually also talking to people who are pros in a multitude of professions well-known people but who also happen to love cycling so don't be surprised if you see maybe uh let's see like an nfl player or (laughs) an actor or someone yes is a pro and they like cycling and and they do an interview because uh we want to keep it fresh and it's riding fixed amounts with pros but not pro cyclists so it could be it could be anyone nice i'm excited to see what happens (laughs) so what are what's coming up uh with uh state bicycles oh gosh um see so we're in spring 2018 uh, like I said, we are wrapping up the Simpsons uh, Simpsons line. We did just release the Simpsons Donut Undefeated Frame, and um, we put together a gorgeous dream build. So we will be giving that away, similar to how we did the three before. So that that contest will come up 
in the next week or two. So uh, I know people will be super stoked to see that bike. That, this one is probably my favorite of the four now. Um, so that's coming up. We just released uh, spring and summer uh, apparel line. So all new shirts and hats and all kinds of gear. Um, we'll yeah, I got to get some of that stuff. In the fall. <laughs> And we'll be doing, uh, so that was like lifestyle apparel. We'll also be doing a cycling apparel drop sometime in the summer. Um, yeah, and then, you know, state, I think uh, we've never been known for our lack of um, our lack of product releases or, or, or our lack of uh, content. So, I mean, it's it, there. There's something it seems like every single week between now and the foreseeable future, whether it's new bikes, um, clothing, or or content. It's it, we we got something in the something in the pipeline between now and like pretty much the end of the year. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about highlights, and I mean, just on a personal level, like one of my favorite things, and it means a ton, like is when I go out and I see people using our product. And in Tempe, I see it like fairly often because it's like around our office. But if I'm ever outside of Tempe in a different state or anywhere and see our bikes on the street, I'm like so humbled and I'm so thankful. And I like, I don't do this, but I want to like track, like find the owner and like just talk to them about their bike because it like blows my mind every time. And it shouldn't because we sell a good amount of bikes and I see the orders come through every day. I see where they're going, but like physically seeing it is always just like still like to this day, like very awesome. Absolutely. I'm, that's so good to have that, that perspective still because it's, it's hard. I mean, it's easy to lose sight of when, you know, I've owned a small business and stuff before and it's, it's really easy to lose sight of, uh, or it's easy to lose that attitude. So I love hearing that you still have that. Oh yeah. I mean, we get, I, I, mean, I personally get like butterflies, like before, like every major product release and like every content release. And it's like, are people going to like this one? It's like, I shouldn't have that self doubt, but I think that kind of like small fear, like kind of keeps you hungry and motivated and like harkens back to the early days of, AZ fix and it's just like if I show up to this ride like are people going to take me seriously like people were brutal in the early days and that kind of keeps us on edge and like we have to continue to top it and make things better every year or every release for sure I still get nervous every time I put out a podcast episode so <laughs> yeah it's yeah yeah I mean I'm sure it's like much it, it's it's pretty similar so for sure um, yeah but you know the people digging what we do is like is like the motivation to keep it going so um yeah we love what we do here and and we're excited to keep doing it well is there anything else you want to say before we head out and do you want to tell people where to find state bicycles oh yeah i mean uh you can find us at statebicycle.com um if you are in europe check out statebicycle.eu or statebicycle.co.uk for our UK listeners and also in uh, about 100 plus local bike shops, our dealer locators 
located at the bottom of our site. Um, and yeah, we're on all the major socials. Uh, Instagram is probably what we're updating the most and YouTube. So check out our channels and subscribe and do all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, we, we try to put out good stuff. We don't try to sell you too much stuff, like put out good stuff. And if you want to buy it, like go for it. <laughs> nice. Well, Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you. It was, it was, uh, it was fun. All right, that does it for another episode of Save the Track Bike. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And speaking of support, shout out to my sponsors at hexagoncycles.com. That's Hexagon Cycles. And I wanted to shout out to my friend James from Illicit Cycles, illicitcycles.com. He is just released a new kit. So good fabrics. Felt it. Seems very comfortable illicit cycles go do that thing fixgearcrit.com thank you for what you do putting all the podcast episodes on the website thank you all for listening the music is slag girl by vitamin pets visit us at save the visit us on instagram at save the track bike until next time see you later